Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back, everybody, to another Hello. episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, and he is Dan. Uh, we are recording on a Sunday this week. Crazy. Uh, it's God's it's day. My, it's it's the Lord's day, and we are not resting. Um, so we'll probably get struck down by lightning or something. Um, oh, wow. Hopefully not. Especially not. I'm going to be in a plane tomorrow, so I don't definitely don't want to be struck down by lightning. Um so, but it's my fault. That's why we're recording this, on Sunday. This got really so, dark real fast. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know what? We're, it's been a dark time for Sporting Casey. Oh, my so, God. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we're just uh, fitting right in. But um, tell me, man, how's uh, how's it been going? Oh, good, man. Real good. The uh, Yeah, it's Sunday. Feels weird to be recording, but kind of cool to kind of cool to get it done while the game is fresh in the mind and I even took a little nap to rest up for this podcast. So you got you got a freshly napped Dan on your hands. So look out, <laughs> bitches! Full energy Dan. So uh, yeah. who knows who knows what's coming on? I got um, I got my water here. I got my podcast pizza. I'm ready to go. Oh, there you go, podcast pizza. Um, yeah, I just got back from dinner. Had a little bit of Thai food, so I'm oh feeling my. good. Feeling oh good. my! Everyone's getting hungry now. Yeah, yeah. Go eat if you haven't. Um, but yeah, we uh, we we have a busy one this week because we got two games to cover. Oh yeah, uh, one of them not fun, the other one uh, kind of fun, um, not fully fun. But um, we'll we'll get into everything that happened from those two games, plus talk about our upcoming game. But first, I believe we got a new review. Oh, you want me to hit you with it? Hit me. This is a cool one, man. This is a cool one. Uh, this is from Shikathy zero four three eight. And uh, he he did it last, uh, he did it this past Wednesday. Said, got me hooked, five stars. Jimmy and Dan are excellent at not only providing pertinent soccer information, but also entertaining. They have me, a Philadelphia Union fan from Eastern Pennsylvania, say what? Hooked on the show. Great insight, great humor, great work. What are we we doing out there in Philly, man? What are we doing? (laughs) It's pretty cool. I mean, we got a uh, we we've had listeners from all over the the world, actually. Um, but not not non SKC fans. I mean, no. are we? Are, do we have to talk about the union now? Or are we are we <laughs> obligated to be a half Philadelphia Union podcast? Because we'll anyone, lose fans. Does anyone really want to talk about the union? I'm sorry, well, they're doing a lot better was, than us, so it might are. be a little more entertaining. They are. I'm they sorry. Are. The home state of Christian Pulisic. Oh my! Is so, it really? He's from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I just came. What? So, yeah. <laughs> you said yeah. Hershey, and I was like, ooh, chocolate. And then you yeah. said Christian Pulisic, and I was like, mm, soccer sexy boy. Yeah. And then I said Chelsea, and you're like, damn. So, <laughs> what? what is that? Se- sexy girl's name? What is that? No, that's his team. Oh, he ain't yeah, on Dortmund don't, don't anymore. He's, he's on Chelsea now. Yeah. I'm just glad he didn't go to Liverpool, because uh, that would have sucked. Uh, <laughs> but, 
What? You know, I, people I, don't Everton like Liverpool. Fan, I can't. No, no, but yeah. Well, Bob does. He's he's a Liverpool fan. I need to. I need to get back into the the EPL, man. I haven't really. I didn't watch much at all this last season. Not even Man- Manchester United. I just didn't watch any. I don't know why. Well, you know, there wasn't much to root for as a United fan for much of the season. So uh, I'll fucking kill you. Well, I'll kill you. You did lose to Everton four to zero, I believe it was. So uh, you know that's that's when you're having a bad season. So uh, it was rough. You're, is that is that what you're gonna hold on to for like three years? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else much for us to root for as Everton fans this year. So, uh, you know, that is true. It is weird. Yeah. But anywho, let's um, let's get like being on a Chiefs in. fan for so long, but it pays off. So maybe Everton will get there. Yeah, as long as Everton players don't start, you know, getting arrested for being violent and attacking the opposite gender. So, you know, oh my god, that's what happens. Or chugging beers at a St. Louis Blues game. Hello. <laughs> at least. You have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who even in the midst of tornado warnings is in his basement studying the playbook. So, right. I don't you know, know, I don't think, don't chug beers at a St. Louis Blues game, Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady would never treat his body like that. And Tom Brady's a winner, a Super Bowl <laughs> champion. You're messing up. We, we expect better out of you. <laughs> well, uh, hey, you know what? We'll see what happens with the Chiefs this fall. In the meantime, we got some sporting games to cover, and we got a couple um, to talk about this week, starting first with the game on Wednesday where the LA Galaxy traveled to Kansas City, played in Children's Mercy Park the day after the tornado. Some uh, some Galaxy fans thought the game should be canceled or postponed because they didn't think it was fair the Galaxy had to play flying <laughs> in that morning. And I'm like, how about you try yeah. living through a tornado? And then see what happens. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We we saw the lineup that came out for this game, and we knew this one potentially could be rough because we didn't have Namath again. We didn't find out till twenty four hours before that Namath's suspension was getting extended another game, which was ridiculous. Um, and then yeah, we had a, a sort of patchwork back line. Um, with Barat and Fontes, we had Kellen Rowe and Johan Quaze up in in the front. So this uh, this always felt a little scary with the uh, with Zlatan coming to town, didn't it? It did, but I'll tell you what: you put these two games up against each other. I was way more confident about the LA Galaxy game than I was going down to Houston. So this Galaxy game was huge. It shook me, man. It shook me good. Yeah, yeah. I know we talked about uh, we talked about this. On, on last week's podcast a bit um the hardest thing about this galaxy game was just coming off of two days rest so tough um the, the galaxy hadn't played since friday uh we played sunday not night, fair late. and then uh to turn around two days later and and we're playing again um after living through a tornado like if anybody should have been complaining about the game being postponed it should have been sporting kc players who had dude um, yeah i just don't get it i'm sorry if this is hurricane katrina Sporting Kansas City is black people, and MLS schedulers is George Bush. Flat out doesn't care about us. I'm okay. saying it. I'm saying it. This uh, Kanye said that. Yeah, this took a turn. It's truth that I did That's not truth. expect. No, you don't um, have to expect it because I'm I'm laying down truths, man. Don't make me don't make me feel weird about this. Don't make me feel bad <laughs> because schedulers didn't care. They didn't bother to think like, oh wait, we're gonna make you play Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. When when we would have been fine had we played Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday. 
Like that break seems great. Seems better than Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it just, it was always going to be a rough one. Um, weirdly, you know, when, when, if you look at it statistically though, Sporting KC dominated in possession, which they usually win possession, but they dominated the galaxy 65, 35, uh, out past the galaxy, 87% to 71% passing accuracy, 580 passes to 312 18 shots to nine shots, except unfortunately there is one stat that matters and it's the only stat that matters and it's the scoreline and galaxy won that one two to zero. They don't need passes and stats to get the ball to Zlatan because he was involved in both goals. That's all I got to say about that. The dude is amazing and he mocked the cauldron drums and oh my God, I know that pissed people off, but I was like, well done, sir. (laughs) Well done. We'll we'll get to that, but I mean, there I I can't think of a player. Even when they announced him in the starting lineup, I can't think of a player who gets booed louder at a Sporting KC Stadium than Zlatan has the last couple of years. Yeah, so. That's true. Yeah, but you know what? It brought people out. The, the club loved it. It brought people to the stadium on a Wednesday night. That stadium's not that packed on a Wednesday night. Never. No. And you know what? It also brought out the media, and so I got bumped to the outside because I had all oh. these. These media people, TV stations that are coming in because Zlatan comes to town. They got to come get their 30-second clip. So they bump us to the outside, uh, those of us who show up. I know the dude's dude's playing a character. I mean, you could really really compare him to to WWE, man. He's playing a persona because when the game's said and done, he's like mingling with kids. He's like signing autographs. I mean, the dude's not like a total tool that just thinks he walks on on water. You know, it's, it's... it's it's totally a character, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a. I mean, he plays it up for sure. It's a. I mean, he's become a meme of himself, and he knows it. He's self aware enough to know it. That's why he tweets out photos of him with his face on on the body of Jesus. Because you got to be self aware to know what you're it. doing with that. Um, and you know what? He's talented enough to back it up. Um, so he does this game at times. I think like, man, you're being a total clown's ass. You're really taking like the game into your own hands and. Literally taking players' throats in your own hands, so that's that yeah. pisses me off. But he does back it up. You know, you can claim to be the best if if you are the best. So, yeah. Um, Sporting KC actually didn't look that bad to to start the game. They, I mean, they were right. they were on the front foot quite a bit. They had a number of of chances. Um, a pretty decent one came in the seventeenth minute. Johan received the ball near the top of the box. Had a little bit of a wide touch that took him wide. Um, but he did the smart thing, cut the ball back to a, a late running Felipe who had a pretty open shot on goal. He just hit it right into, uh, into the body of Daniel Starris, I believe it was the, the galaxy, uh, defender, um, could have put it pretty much anywhere else on frame and it probably would have gone in, uh, but just, uh, hit it right at the defender. And then Kellen Rowe tried to put in the rebound and it went just left a goal, um, you have chances like that. You got to finish them, especially when you're playing against somebody like the Galaxy and they have Zlatan. So, Kellen Rowe, just, man, uh, that's what he does. He just slings it over the goal every time. <laughs> yeah, he's he's had he's had chances. He's had had opportunities this year. hasn't hasn't really taken full advantage of them yet. But um, so really, you, you get through the first half. It's zero zero. Sporting KC looks decent, not great. Um, 
they you, you figure this game's not ending zero zero one way or another. Um, but there were chances to be had; they just hadn't taken a hold of them. So halftime. I don't know if you can remember back to Wednesday how you were feeling, but uh, you you feeling okay at zero zero? You feeling optimistic, or, or or what are you thinking? Yeah, it kind of feels okay. I mean, it uh, it it's zero zero, and and it's the galaxy. So anytime you're still in the game against a team that's clearly better than you on on paper and in the standings, then yeah, man, you feel like you have a chance. You're feeling very optimistic about this. I, I we never did talk about Roman Alessandrini not with not in the team right now. Like he's he's injured, and that's right. huge for them. But it's it really looks like it didn't really matter. They they made it work without him. Yeah, he's been out for uh, I think he's out for like three or four months. Uh, yeah, or, it's like a bit. from when his injury was was happening, and that's a that's a huge deal. I mean, he's he's one of their. I mean, outside his Zlatan, he's probably their best player. Um, but you know, they found pieces to fill in for him, and um, you know, come fifty fifth minute, you knew that Zlatan had been in and around the goal for for most of the game. Um, he he had had some touches where it was just kind of slightly <laughs> off. It was coming at some point. Um, you know who he is? He uh, <laughs> he's Bill Murray from Space Jam. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't do defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, to, you know, I've I've very rarely, if ever, seen a player so openly disinterested in playing defense, like yeah. not remotely trying. The ball could be with a Sporting KC player three feet from him, and if he has to move his feet to get there, he's not going to play defense. And he so. really wasn't playing like the fast striker role either, but the way he was just cherry picking the front line, I mean, one ball and he's he's gone, dude. He's got that stride of a gazelle. He's he's taken off. Yeah, he's not the most pacey striker. I mean, he's not a, a Joseph Almiron who he can take off and, and beat you in a foot race. He's not going to do that. But he's so freaking huge, and he's did you so say powerful. Joseph Almiron. I probably did. I meant Joseph Martinez. They've 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 melded together in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, jo- Joseph Almiron, Joseph Martinez, uh, who can beat you at this pace? That's not Zlatan, but he's just so big, so powerful. Um, and and what happened here in the 55th minute uh, is really he just used his body to 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 shield off the defenders. You know, he got a cross into the box, and I think it's Zusi who's trying to guard him, and and Zlatan just shrugs off Zussi like he's a little bit of dust on his shoulder like it well, was he is Zussi yeah. is half the man Zlatan is <laughs> he uh he I mean he could he had no no hope and, and so Zlatan got a wide open header and did the exact right thing there instead of trying to take it uh he headed it back toward the box and Fabio Alvarez just puts yep. it right into the net with his with his head and and not much Melia can do there so little, little baby Zeus man he looks like a baby to which <laughs> I was like Baby Zeus, do 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 do. Baby oh Zeus, do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just you know at that point you know the the, the moment Zlatan heads the ball back, Melia starts to come off his line to try to punch it away, but then you have Alvarez right there, and there's just nothing nothing to be done there. Um, you know, maybe Fontes tough man. Crazy setup over, though. But... Crazy header for a header, and and you saw Beasler waiting to clear it, and that guy comes out of nowhere right in front of Beasler to head that home. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a good play. I mean, that's one of those where like it could have been defended a little better, but like you know, he had no but, idea he was coming. Beezer, it Beezer just didn't see him. 
Yeah. So, um, and this was after, so Botan Barat had to come off at halftime with what I think they said hamstring tightness. So Beasler, who didn't start the game, ended up checking into the game. There were concerns that Fontas might have to come out of the game, at which case you're thinking, holy crap, two of our subs are going to be center backs. That's not great. That um, was terrifying. But Fontas ended up being able to, to, to stay out the game. Um, about 14 minutes after that first goal, um, this is what you were saying. Zlatan was playing that back line, and he gets a, a ball over the top from, from I think it's Perry Kitchen, and Zlatan had a, a one-on-one with Tim Melia. And, and the second this happened, I'm like, Man. dear God, like, Tim Melia, rest in peace. Like, you're, gonna, you're about to get <laughs> murdered on the field. We hardly and knew you. Tim, no fear, comes right so out of good. his, right off his line, charges straight at Zlatan, and uh, does a nice little sliding stop to uh, to just take the ball away from Zlatan, picks it up, and I think that was the loudest the Cauldron cheered all game because Tim oh, Miller took on Zlatan one on one. Yeah, it was amazing. Perfectly timed, dude. It was. Uh, I was nervous, and then I got even more nervous because I was like, "Oh shit, you've pissed off Zlatan. He doesn't like to miss. He will now come score on you. I'm sorry, you've been marked for death. <laughs> you have the mark of, of the devil now." I uh, felt like it. I'm, I mean, he's gonna be pissed. I don't know. It's like it's like when someone fouls Johan. Now Johan actively seeks that guy out to like push his push him over <laughs> to, to, to murder them. Yeah, yeah, Johan. He does. Yeah, we'll talk about Johan in in a little bit. Um, I don't even know who Johan is anymore, to be honest. I mean, does anybody? Like that's why no. I tweeted out during this Galaxy game because Johan did not have a great game against the Galaxy, and who can blame him because nope. he was. After a great game against Seattle. Yeah. I mean, he was really tired. Um, you know, the, the, he, he's coming off two days rest, playing a position. He, I'd be curious to know how much uh, ground he covers in a game. Like, to see his stats. Like, if he, you know, is it six miles? How many miles does he run? Right. Well, and he hasn't been playing full 90s um, at all because he's been coming off the bench. That's true. And then all of a sudden, you've got three games in a row where you're starting. Um at two different positions. Uh, neither one is your natural position, but one of them, striker, definitely not your natural position. Um, he didn't have a great game, but I tweeted out in the middle of this Galaxy game, you know, you never quite know what you're going to get when Johan has the ball. Sometimes it's magical, and then sometimes it's just not. And, uh, yeah, I think we got a pretty good illustration of that over these last couple games. Um, yeah. But, like I said, we'll talk more about Johan in, in a little bit. Um you mentioned that Zlatan was pissed and probably was going to come back and uh, and want to make up for that that one on one miss. Well, in the uh, the eighty sixth minute, there was a, a a two on three, really is what it was, and Zlatan got the ball in the box, chested it down, and then wasn't any sort of amazing shot or anything. It was just powerful, and so even though he shot it pretty much at Tim, it just goes right between Tim's legs. And then, uh, yeah, that's when he turns right to the cauldron, starts doing the drumming because they've been giving him uh, crap all game. And that was it. 2-0. Zlatan wins. So I laughed. I laughed when he did it. I know everyone was pissed and they were booing, but like that's what he does. He mocks you. And I remember last time he only scored a PK and he just put his arms out right in front of the cauldron like, yes, let your hate run through me. I will. Yes, your your tears sustain me. You know, right? It's he just loves it. He gets off on it, and it's crazy. He went home that night and was like, "Oh God, what a good time! I'm so turned on." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
the cauldron has to they're they're not strangers to this i mean they they pick out players pretty much every game sure and if that player ends up having a game uh, I mean, they, they give it right back to the cauldron. It happened when do you remember it was the galaxy again when Landon Donovan came out of retirement. Uh, one of the times he did when he was going through his whole Brett Favre thing, and uh, the cauldron was giving him crap all game, <laughs> and then he scored the game winning goal and and put his hands to his ears as he ran right in front of the cauldron. I was like, of course, oh hell this yeah, is what happens? And why wouldn't you? I mean, you got shit all game, so now you get to win the game and and go let him have it, go give it back to him. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, and sometimes you just got to tip your cap. You're like, okay, you know what? You won today. So, um, go play indoor, you old bitch. <laughs> after you go play in Mexico, <laughs> after you tell American fans to root yeah. for Mexico in the World Cup. Um, oh, that was weird. Go go get your record broken by Chris Wondolowski, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it, MLS is weird. So so weird, man. It's so weird. Um, but it, it was kind of a bummer to end end that game two zero to lose to drop points at home, um, because at, at, you know at that point, um, Sporting KC were were in eleventh place in the West heading into that game. Um, they had only fourteen points. Um, so sad. They had the same amount of points as the Timbers, uh, I believe. But but the Timbers have not had not yet played a home game up till that point. Um, so you knew that we were kind of in a worse shape than them. Um, yeah, it just, it was, it was kind of a, a, a bummer. Um, and you could tell that the players were, you know, we're one of the only teams. We're one of the only teams to not win a road game. We are the, the only team in the West to not win a road game. Um, oh. Are we? Okay. The only other two teams that have not won a road game in the, in the entire league are the new England revolution and the Chicago Fire. So. That's right. Not great company to be in. Well, that's good news because we play the Fire at our place this year. We do. Uh, we only have two more points than the New England Revolution, who have already fired their coach and have a minus 17 goal differential. So, um, that's the state of sporting KC oh, after Wednesday's game. Um, oh, man. But, uh, yeah, it, it was just kind of a rough one. Um, so, uh, that game ends. Everyone's unhappy. How are you feeling heading now on the road to Houston who hadn't, and I guess still haven't, lost a game at home all year? They were six wins, zero losses, and two draws heading into a Saturday night. And you knew it was going to be like 90 million degrees with a 1,000% humidity. So not not a great feeling. Not okay at all. I mean, it's it's <laughs> you're going down to Houston. It's hot as hell. I was feeling really bad. And in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to I'm gonna mess with the universe because when I was feeling really bad at the Seattle game, it turned out all right. So I was like, man, I ain't feeling good about this. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I got this. <laughs> trying to pull the Drake curse on, on Sporting KC and, and say that they're not going to win, so therefore they are going to win? I was. I was, trying to re- I was trying to reverse that shit, you know, and it uh, – it didn't really work out, but I mean, I wouldn't say it was an entire loss. I mean, a point on the road is good, but it's uh, in our in our case, we need some freaking points, man. That's just how it felt. It just feels. But I, okay, I gotta tell you this: it feels like a win right now for us because seventh day of three games, you get a point on the road in a hot Houston weather. You got to feel pretty good about that. About that week we just had. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. And if you would have told me before the game, like, let's say the game ends on Wednesday and you're like, okay, you lost this game, but you're going to get a draw. Like I tell you right now, you can guarantee yourself a draw in Houston. Would you take it? I would be like, hell yes. Absolutely. I would. Um, Cause we just need points in any which way. I, I don't think really anyone probably expected us to go down there and beat Houston. And then when, when you saw the lineup that came out, you were like, there's, there's no way that we're going to beat Houston. Um, you know, we had Graham Smith starting at center back. Botan Barat came back after apparently injuring himself uh, in, the, in the previous game a few days later because Matt Beasler was suddenly feeling um, something not quite right in one of his legs. So he was a scratch. Um, you had Buzio in the midfield, who's been great, but, you know, he hasn't consistently started. Um, and earlier that day, you found out Albert Elise was going to start after for the longest time people were saying that he probably wasn't because he was in concussion protocol. So it didn't feel like this was a game set up for success. At least I didn't think so when I saw these lineups. Um, Not at all. I was man. really worried. I was about, real nervous about it. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just worried how in the world is Seth Sinovic going to handle Albert Elise. So that was, uh, and the answer was glorious. That's how he's going to handle him gloriously. Yeah, he did really well. I mean, this was maybe one of his best games of the year. Um, we all know Elise got his goal that ended up being the game tying goal, but man, no fault of Seth Sinovic. No, and Seth saved. I mean, I have a friend who uh, covers the Houston Dynamo, and he was at the game, and he was texting me, you know, throughout the game, like Seth's having a really good game, and he texted me at one point. He goes, "Seth literally just single handedly saved a goal." Um, who would have thought you, you put up Seth versus Albert Elise, who's probably going to go over to Europe this summer and, and Seth got the better of them. So, well, can I, let me read you real quick what Peter said after the game on uh, Seth Sinovic's performance. He, he said it was Seth's best performance of the year. He was very, very good in the game. He really, really defended him very well. He was smart with him. He knew when to step to him, when to give him a little space, when to delay. He was just excellent tonight. Yeah. I mean, high marks from the chief, man. Yeah. He's not wrong. That was, uh, I mean, you can't get much higher praise from Peter Vermees than that. So, oh yeah, if Seth heard that, I mean, <laughs> I'm going home to my wife saying like, "Hey, you'll never guess what my dad said about me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and and it's it's good for Seth to get that because of, of all the players who have had people come challenge for their jobs over the last four or five years on on, on Sporting KC. No one has had people come in and try to steal their job more than Seth Sinovic. I mean. Yeah, bro. We even talked about why not put Madronda or if Gerso's ready to go, put Gerso over there to handle Elise. And it didn't really matter. Seth was like, I hear all you fools and I'm going to show you why I deserve to be here. Yeah. Yeah. He probably listened to the pod and was like, okay, I see how it is. Which gotcha. 100%. Gotcha, Seth. We tricked you. That's what we meant to do. Um, That's what I do, man. It's that reverse Drake curse. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, if you think about over the last, you know, four or five years, I mean, you've had Jimmy Matronda in there, you had Marcel de Jong in there, you've had Rodney Wallace come in there, you've had Jalen Lindsay in there, um, Johan's been back there, like all these people keep coming for Seth's job and Seth is like, just, he's like a little, I mean, I don't mean this in a, in a, in a bad way, but he's like the, the cockroach that just never goes away. He just lo- survives and thrives. Yeah. So Seth's like, stop playing with me. All right. Are y'all done? When are you going to stop playing? <laughs> I mean, he's one of those. Don't step to me. He's one of those that like 
he's never that flashy on the score sheet or in the stat line. Um, he's just a really solid contributor. And, and I think, you know, one of these days when it's all said and done for him, we're going to look back and be like, man, he had a much better career than anyone ever appreciated. So, yeah, man. Um, what do you, what do you want to, what do you take away from this game? Uh, uh, we can talk referee all day if you want to do that. Oh my god, yeah. Let's talk about Kevin Stott here for a minute, because uh, what the hell? So this was I didn't realize. Apparently, I, from what I've been told, his first MLS game of the year. Um, and interesting, he was. You could have put a traffic cone out at the center field and just had it sit there all game, and it would have done more than Kevin Stott did. <clears throat> because was he just collecting a paycheck? It just seemed like he didn't care to be there, even when it came down to Albert Elise getting in his line judge's face, and he didn't even go say anything. Like, dude, go represent your boy. Like, that's my coworker. Don't say shit to him. Here's a yellow card. Keep running your mouth. You got another yellow and a red coming your way. Right. So that was weird. Um, and and Elise was was kind of wild all night. Like he was he was out of control. Well, yeah, times. until he scored his goal, then he shut up real fast because yeah. he's just a little baby, a little sexual panther baby. <laughs> um, it, it, he was he was wild all night. Buzio got horse collar yanked down from behind. What was that? Yeah. No, I lost no it. card. So yeah, you did. You lost me. my You're mind. Like, in 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 NFL, that's damn near an ejection. Yeah, that's a personal foul. Fifteen yard penalty, automatic first down, no questions asked. Um, Soccer, it's like oh, little tug, little tug. It's all good here. What? Suck my dick, dude! I was so pissed off. <laughs> I'm still, I'm pissed right now. I'm getting heated. Ah, blood pressure. Kind of, I mean, you did have a nap today, so you know you're you're full on. Uh, ready I'm sorry, to go. I dropped an uh, <laughs> I dropped an S my D. I apologize. Um, and then uh, I think it was Boniac Garcia and Felipe were getting into it. And Kevin Stott was just, like, they were like yeah. going at it. And then Romel Kyoto came over and Kevin Stott was walking right next to him to the point where Ilya came up to Kevin Stott and was like pointing like, do something, do your damn job. Right? Kevin Stott walked over like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what, what did you do last what? Saturday night? Pull a card, bro. Take control of this game. Grow some hair back. What are you doing? And And to be fair... Not to Kevin Stott, but but to 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 no, try to be him. fair, it wasn't just bad calls that he missed in favor of of Houston. Namath had Everyone. a very dangerous challenge that arguably could have been a red card. It wasn't that different than the play he got a two game suspension for. Took someone out, kind of looked studs up. Not even a yellow. So that's what Namath does, dude. Namath needs to calm down. Strikers do not get red cards the way he gets red <laughs> cards. What is he doing? Yeah, strikers don't usually go in two foot studs up tackles either, and he tends to like doing that. No, they are they aren't in that position. Why are you so Why are you so angry, Christian? <laughs> Someone needs to teach him how to tackle, apparently, because he never learned. Um, Man, but yeah, you're right. No calls, and it's crazy. I like to scroll down to the game report to see the list of everyone who got cards, and it's so weird to see the word none under yeah. misconduct summary. Yeah, none, none. It's just I was like, what? I've never seen that in a long time. He was useless. And and Albert Elise immediately after the game went up was over. He he ran up to him and I was like, of all the people, you should not be complaining because you could have been ejected in the thirtieth minute. Um Was he complaining or was he telling him good game? No, he was he was pissed. Houston fans well, Of course he was. Houston fans think that they were the ones who were wronged. 
Like I had a Houston fan arguing with other sporting fans in my mentions saying that like sporting KC were just a bunch of bullies on the field and that the ref didn't take control of the game and we're letting sporting KC do whatever they want. And they, and people are like, what game are you watching? Like we've been horse collars. We've had people yelled. It's crap. Like it's out of control. Wilmer Cabrera after the game gave a huge quote, really bashing the referee and bashing us for like delaying the game and the referee for letting us waste time. And I'm like, were we, were we wasting time? I mean, so Tim Melia waited a few times to pick up the ball, like big deal. That's his right to, to tire you out, make you run at him to get you more tired. It was a hot freaking day. Of course, we're all going to manage the game to try to get out of there without any cramps. Yeah. Screw you, Wilmer. And only one who's named Wilmer is like old <laughs> 85-year-old white dudes, okay? Not Hispanic dudes, old white dudes with no ass. <laughs> well, it's a, it's especially rich coming from Wilmer because Houston has definitely parked Wilmer. the bus when they've come to Children's Mercy Park. And his whole philosophy, if you I don't know how many of you follow the, the Dynamo. I don't know why you would put yourself through that misery. But Wilmer's whole coaching philosophy, he has this thing, he calls it the airplane blanket, where he's like, you know, like an airplane blanket. It's it's you have to choose when you're on an airplane. It's not a long enough blanket. You can either cover your your body or you can cover your feet, but you can't cover both. And soccer is the same thing. You can either attack or you can defend, but you can't do both well. And so yeah, what's up with that airplanes? Get your shit together. <laughs> but so he he likes that. Not what to take away from no, this. <laughs> but you know what? It's a valid point. Um, <laughs> he likens his soccer team's style to an airplane blanket where they're either going to attack and they can't spend as much time defending or they can defend and they can't spend as much time attacking. And you know what? He's done his fair share of parking the bus. So when someone is winning or earning a draw and they still can't field a full 18 and it's a million degrees out and they're playing on the road and there's a thousand percent humidity, you bet your ass they're going to take a few extra seconds. So my grandma dated a guy named Wilmer. That's honest to God. Is that a real thing? That's a real thing. And he was a saint. He took her to church, and he, he, he wrote her poems. Yeah, he wrote her poems. It was adorable. So why didn't it work out? He died. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Is that, it's not funny. It's just you, like, set me up for that. It was very, it was very good. That was, that was not planned. Did not she know died, that's too. Where, this got uh, very dark. Wow. Yeah, they're okay. both gone now. But they loved each other so much, and he was not he, – he was old and white. So that's how I know. <laughs> Okay, well there you go. Um, oh, dude, that could not have that could not have gone any better. So what happened? Well, <laughs> that, that was that was, that was not planned. So sometimes this oh, sometimes God. these things happen. Um, that just works out, man. This is the best improv. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's what I know about improv. You just got to roll with it. Um, no, fuck that. I hate that rule. Okay, well you know what? Never mind. Um, <laughs> back to the game. You can say no. You can say no in improv. Yeah. Well, it just reminds me of that episode of The Office where every time they're doing improv, Michael Scott ends up pulling out a gun and robbing everybody. Um, <laughs> he so, does. That's the best. Um, anywho. The back guy to- in my improv troupe always just ends up killing someone. And I'm like, why is that your go-to? Why do you just end up murdering whoever you're on stage with? It's weird. It's a little disturbing. Uh, maybe a red yeah, flag. Yeah, what is wrong with you? But um, <laughs> anywho, we've, we've tangent, tangented, which is not a word, way off course here. Still, it's a color. We're, <laughs> we're we're veering back. It's almost the color that the Dynamo wear. Um, oh, Dynamo! I hate that they sing that shit. Yeah, all four people who are at their games. Um, That's true. That's true. So, the, it, it, there were some solid plays here. You know, in the 30th minute... 
Um, talk about Johan, baby. We'll, we'll talk about Johan here in a second, but I want to give Graham Smith a little shout out here because he, he's he's not gotten some consistent playing time, but when he's in, he's been decent. Um, I can't tell which Dynamo player it is, but one of them got off a crazy shot from distance that that Melia kind of dove and had to punch away. And Moral Manotas had a wide open shot on goal off the rebound that beat Tim. And Graham Smith tracked back to exactly where he needed to be and cleared that ball Ooh. off the line and saved a goal. And that and you know what? Had that ball gone in, you know that we would have lost this game because it would have been one zero relatively early, and and they would have smelled blood, and and that would have been it. So yep. that was sick. That was great track back from uh, from Graham, dude. And that's tough. That's tough to do to have your footing. I, I just as a defender playing soccer, you you try to help out your goalie, and that's not easy to to get a good step on the ball like that. Yeah, to be going backwards toward goal, have to turn around, not lose your footing, get it right so you don't end up scoring an own goal like Seattle did twice. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. So good for Graham. Um, Melia had another fantastic save. It was still 0-0 in the second half, 52nd minute. Um, the Dynamo were starting to show a little bit more uh, attacking threat. They had a little bit of some good passing play. Um, Romel Kyoto had a wide open shot from inside the box and fired it off his right foot to Tim's left and Tim dove left. Was, this was a powerful shot. And uh Tim did a great job to clear this ball away and and yeah, save save the goal again. The dude's got some freaking reflexes. It's unbelievable. Yeah, if I remember right, there was somebody not that long ago who was trying to tell me that Tim wasn't actually that good. Um it's weird. Really? Who would say that shit? He was on. I thought he had a podcast or something. I'm not sure, but you know, I'm not. There's gonna... another podcast out there. Apparently, there's four or five. If that review from a couple weeks ago had, had any true. truth, we to are it. we are in the top four or five. That is true. Yeah. So, um, you trying <clears throat> to calm down? Calm down, Jimmy. Don't throw me like that. I'm trying to tell you that Tim Milia was not good at the time. All right, but we were getting shit together. And and when they say they rely on Tim to make that one big save every game, he wasn't doing that for a long time. Now he's doing it, man. He's making one plus saves a game. Like it's it's big time, and he's really coming into his own. No, I know you're right. I just uh, I had to give you a hard time. So yeah, that's you well, know, that's what take you got to do. Hard time somewhere to else. Your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Fine, I will. Um, go back to Ireland. Um, oh my no. god don't we'll lose the podcast <laughs> everything will crumble i do not have enough money for that all of my money is now still over in ireland where i left it um that's crazy makes me want to go though i've never been out of the country so that'd be fun really i mean i've been to mexico but i don't count that it's attached <laughs> so you wouldn't count canada either i wouldn't but i've not been to canada so i i, I haven't been out of the country since i, I don't have a passport never have so uh, you gotta get a passport um gotta get out there man i have not been to canada technically i have not been to canada i have been in canadian waters would love to make a trip up to like vancouver or something and really uh be cool to hit that whole little section portland seattle vancouver you know cascadia tour yeah i've been to the uh the portland timber stadium before they did the renovations it sucks because it's an old baseball stadium um that's crazy. I have not not been to CenturyLink, um, and I have not been to Vancouver because I've not been to Canada. I've just been in Canadian waters when I was whale watching up there. there you I go. could see Canada, but I, we did not land on Canada. So, <laughs> all right, that's that's how close I was. Um, but yeah, anyway, Tim, fantastic game for the most part. We saved saved some points in this game, really, and I think he's been doing pretty well the last few games. He's he's been getting back to Melia. 
Seems like it. So, and that's that's what we'll need at this time of the year. I mean, especially with these road games. I mean, it's a it's a big deal, man. And I was worried that Tim wasn't going to be on this trip. I mean, we all stalk people's Insta stories and their Twitters. I mean, at least, at least I do. I don't know if maybe I'm the only one. I guess I'm weird. And uh, I think <laughs> his wife had posted uh, like a video of him with his daughter when like other players had posted that they were on the plane. So clearly it was like a post, it's a post dated post or something. But uh, I was, I was yeah. worried. I was like, is he not on the plane? What is he doing? <laughs> Where are you, Tim? Um, Why are you not there? Yeah, no, we, we needed him. Um, I mean, especially we didn't have a Beasler in the 18. We didn't have Johnny Russell in the 18. Um, this, this was a, this was another patchwork team. Um, in the 55th minute, I mean, we talked already about how good Seth was, but I mean, this play is one of the best illustrations of, of how important Seth was. Um, the Dynamo had a cross from from the edge of the box, and Albert Ellis had what looked like was going to be a free header, and he was going to put it right into the goal. and And Seth went right up, head head to head with Elise, and uh, and just cleared the ball out. and And they crashed into each other pretty hard, and it looked like it hurt, but Dude. Seth won. So. He was frustrating Elise so bad. Like, Elise wanted to fight him. Elise wanted to fight everybody. So, but like, he did give he did give Seth props one time. I think he, like, shook Seth's hand. So that's a pretty big, uh, I don't know. Seth should feel good about that, man. Really holding it down against a, a young kid like that. Yeah. Like we said, Elise is going to go to Europe this summer. Like Celtic in, in the Scottish Premier League have, have been courting him. Um Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just got to get his his temper under control. I actually, you know, I liked what what I think I tweeted this during the game, but I liked what Maddie Lawrence said on on the broadcast because Elise just kept yelling at at refs and people and getting out of control. And Maddie Lawrence said, you know, some people call that passion, some people call it petulance, some people call it a definite yellow card. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I and I gave myself a chuckle because I was like, that's pretty funny. Um, Very funny. Most people would call it a yellow card. Yeah, and and I just I I for the life of me can still not figure out what Kevin Stott was doing. Um, not referee in the game. I don't think there was a referee on the field. It was it was crazy. I mean, Wilmer Cabrera has every right to be upset. I guess I didn't think we were really wasting time too much, but I I do think that you know the referees weren't doing anything. If we were wasting time, they certainly weren't speeding us up. And he said something like, right. uh, "He's like, if we're wasting time at someone else's stadium, they tell us to hurry it up." But I, so I don't know why they weren't told to do that here. Yeah, I guess I, I didn't it, notice. I I don't actually think we were wasting time that much. I I noticed towards the end sour, of the huh? game when like okay, well, well the ball's in play and Tim does that thing that keepers do where they're like I'm not going to pick it up till the last second. You got to come make me pick it up. But yeah. that's not against the rules. That's not on the ref to to tell him to play on. I mean, have exactly. the Packers go make him I, pick it up. I don't think he was delaying uh, taking a goal kick or anything. Not like when their players clearly kicked the ball away, which is a definite yellow card right. and wasting time. When it was like nil-nil. Why are you wasting time? Don't you want to win this game at home in front of your 50 fans out here? Come on. <laughs> right. That was the only time that I could actually remember seeing somebody seem like they were wasting time. And they probably weren't wasting time because, like you said, why would you? But Yeah. Yeah. is weird. I couldn't um, believe it, man. So we said sometimes when Johan gets the ball, it's magical. Sometimes it's not. Um, he was having a pretty crappy game, most game up until this point, And it's understandable. He was tired. He just wasn't, you know, having his touch. Um, 
Ilya gets the ball and sends a gorgeous long ball, like Ilya is known to do sometimes, over the top. And I think this was Maynor Figueroa, who was trying to clear the ball for the Dynamo, who, uh, by the way, they told a heartbreaking story about Maynor Figueroa on, on the broadcast. Did you hear that? When they were talking about I did. how I caught the tail end of that. Died? Yeah, he oh was on God. the field, wasn't he? He was on the field, and it, I think they said it was Ramel Quixote was the one who told him. Because they've been like lifelong friends, and his dad died during the game, and Kyoto found out and came back on the field and was the one who broke the news to to figure out that his dad died. Um, broke it during the game? Just no, right after the game. Okay, I was like, what, in like the 56th minute? He's like, yeah, hey, bro, your dad's dead. They're setting, they're setting up for a set piece, and he goes, oh, by the way, I just heard. Um, no, no, it was after the game. I just, okay. like, that's heartbreaking stuff. And then like he and Beasley had to like, help figure out off the field. Cause he just like has collapsed. Um, understandably. So, but this wow. was his first game back with the dynamo since that happened. Um, he was in Honduras with his family. So maybe he's a little rusty, um, but he clearly did not know Johan was behind him. And Johan came out of nowhere and just heads this ball down. And it was a gorgeous little header, perfectly weighted. And then his next touch is like the world's most perfect chip right over Joe Willis. And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Left foot, just like a beautiful rainbow, right into the back of the goal. Suddenly it's 1-0 out of nowhere, Sporting KC, all because of Johan. So good. I mean, it's got to be nominated for a goal of the week, right? Uh, I haven't looked at this point. I don't know if it's out yet at the point of this recording, but if it's not, it should be. I don't know if it is so. either, but yeah, you, I mean, it, it was beautiful. I don't know what else. I don't know what beats him for goal of the, or for what gets a nomination over him. I haven't seen, I mean, I heard, I mean, Joseph Martinez had a brace, so. Well, the games aren't over yet, for one. Yeah, and Atlanta fans always mess with the voting, so they'll <laughs> probably win it somehow, but I don't know. Um, it was just a fantastic goal from Johan, and then, uh, unfortunately. You never know what it, you're going to get with him, dude. It's like, yeah. uh, it's like a wonder ball. Do you remember that candy, a wonder ball? And yeah. it's like, oh, what's in a wonder ball? Like, you, you never know what's in there. You have no yeah. idea. Or a, yeah. or a prize in a Cracker Jack box. What is it shit? Is it a shitty temporary tattoo I already have? Or is it going to be some bomb-ass Johan Crazé chipping goalkeepers? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, that uh, yeah, he, do- he gets people so mad. So mad. And then he does something like that. And people are like, oh, fine. You can stay a little longer. And then he right? just gets people so mad again. And then he does something crazy again. Definitely so. earning his money, right? Well, maybe. Um, I'd like Maybe. him to do a, a little bit more of that more consistently for the amount of money he's making, but you know, Hey, at least he's doing something. Um, I agree. The lead didn't last very long though. Cause like five minutes later was when, uh, Albert Elise got the ball. Um, it was headed down to him in the box. And, and this was, this was some, probably some, some shoddy defense, Fontas was the closest to him. He didn't really close down. And then Elise just fired it real hard from close range right into the corner. Nothing Melia can do. 1-1. One, one. And, um, and yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much how it ended. Melia made one other good save in stoppage time when uh, Boniet Garcia had a, had a powerful shot on goal um, that Melia was able to save. But other than that, yeah, that was, that was about it. So, I don't know. Tough, man. 1-1. It's I, I don't feel bad about it. I feel good. The thing is, you still don't get seven days between games. Now you got to come out and play Friday. And it's like, God damn it, a week. We have a little longer break, but you're still shortened by a day. 
is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this this was the first of, of a road trip because Sporting KC do not play at Children's Mercy Park in uh, in the month of June. That's right. You started they thinking, have... oh, maybe we'll have an Open Cup game at home. Nope, that is away nope. as well. Yeah, we already had four road games in June, so why not add a fifth? And why not have it be against the team that we've played three of the last four years in the Open Cup at, at this stage, uh, Minnesota? So fun, fun little, uh, fun little question from my buddy Kevin. He texted me the other day and he said, "I've been thinking about this. Do you tank the Open Cup game and try to salvage the season, or do you go all in on Open Cup in the hopes of getting a trophy?" And I was like, "Dude, I, Vermees won't tank anything. I mean, he'll go all out uh, with everything that he can. Injuries, you know, injuries, uh, do what they are." Yeah, I don't think we tank it. I think I could, I could foresee having a more patchwork team for this first Open Cup game because you don't want to get anybody hurt. I mean, look, as as crappy as the season's been, Sporting KC are tenth in the in in the West right now. They are five points out of a playoff spot with a game in hand on the seventh place team because we got one more team in the playoff per conference. All I got to do is make it in the top seven of the West. So it's very doable. Like this is in no, like people are like, is it time to panic? Is it time to panic? Well, maybe in the sense that is this team as good as it was last year? Maybe not. At least they haven't been able to put it all together. But the playoffs are not out of the question. There's a long time left in this season, so that's true, man. I don't know. Lot of lot of games left. So, but every point still matters. I mean, we gotta we gotta get going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you waste time, but. Um, it's not time to boot on the regular season. I do think there'll be like a, a a patchwork team of like some SPR guys and, you know, probably Zalalem in there. Um, You know, maybe we see Tyler Freeman for the first time this year. Uh, Kellen Rowe probably gets in there. If Hurtado's working his way back, he might get in there at some point. So, um, and and then, yeah, if you, if you win a couple games, then you start putting the starters in and and try to win the open cup. But um, there we go. I did want to give a shout out to Johan. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but um, I'd heard he had done this, but he he actually gave his jersey and and boots to uh, a couple of young fans in Houston. Um, I think they were Houston fans. I don't know. If, I, I don't think they were Sporting KC fans, but just you know, one of the uh, um, huh. Houston area journalists who covered the Dynamo took a picture of this this young kid. He looks like well, he's, he's just eleven. He's or trying so. to help out club morale down there. Give those fans something to cheer about. <laughs> That's right. Um, so kind of cool. Good for Johan. I also heard he was uh, hitting on the Dynamo sideline reporter immediately after the game. So, you know, everybody else was shaking hands. He saw saw someone he wanted to go talk to. So he was he was chatting her up for a little bit with his French accent. So, yeah, that's interesting. How did you I mean, don't you think they were just killing time? I mean, why people think he was he was hitting on her or whatever. Don't you think they were just killing time till they went live with the interview? I don't think it was the, 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 the sideline reporter who did the interview with him. I think he was just talking to the di- – because it was the Dynamo sideline reporter. It wasn't Carter Augustine. He wasn't hitting on Carter Augustine. So, <laughs> well, hey, Carter's a very handsome man. Why not? He is. I mean, he puts that suit on, and I'm like, I don't know. I guess it's contained oh, Who is this? Who is this? Is this Mark Anthony? <laughs> I need to know. Um, <laughs> so – um, I don't know. That's what I was told. I didn't see it for myself. I just thought it was kind of funny. I could see. Well, that's it. interesting. Yeah. I mean, you start talking French, she's gonna be like "Voulu vécuser avec soi, c'est soi." Yeah, that's not the line, but it's close. Lady Marmalade. Um, <laughs> uh, you tried. A for effort. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you know the whole song, do you? 
I know what the sentence is. I did take French, so I know how to oh, actually yeah, pronounce it. Yeah. So th- is uh, that in class? Like you had to get up and sing that shit for a project? <laughs> we did not, but no. But I know the the verb coucher means to sleep, and so oh, you probably coucher avec moi. Is you probably you crushed it. it. You got up there. Yeah. You were like. Yep, that was actually my final. In lieu of of taking the final, I just I, I recreated that scene. Oh, so. that's big time, dude. That's big time. You're my soul sister. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sister, soul sister. Um, this anyway. is what happens when our recording fails halfway through, and we have to try to get back on track. You're not supposed to tell people that happens. <laughs> I like to let people in on the reality of this podcast. I don't keep anything from our people. Yeah. Um. Well, let's get to uh, speaking of our people. Let's get to some questions because we're we're getting closer toward the end, and I still want to touch on the, the the next game a bit. But I wanna I wanna ask um, some of these questions here. Um, All right, Eric Martinez says, "What is your take on Zusi being subbed in as a winger?" Ooh, I dropped my was. damn jaw when that happened. Did Nico win the right back spot? I mean, that's uh, I I don't know about that. I feel like I feel like Peter lives and dies by Graham Zusi, but uh, you know. Peter was asked about it at the end saying like, you know, it, it just, it's all I had. I didn't have much more to put in there at that <laughs> time. So, uh, speculate what you want, but it was weird. I mean, someone on, on Twitter was like, what year is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It was odd. Um, when was the last time he played consistently as a winger? Was it 2016? Oh yeah, probably. I think so. That's crazy. Cause... I mean, it would have been before like world cup qualifying and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been a solid two years plus that he's been a right back now. So, um, crazy. It, it was interesting, though. I mean, that was that was something to point out that everyone was definitely talking about. Yeah. While we're on the subject of Zussi, Tristan Jordan says, there have been discussions about who should get the starting fullback spots. Do you think Zussi and Sinovic are doing well enough uh, and we should keep them, or should Madronda and Hasler get the jobs, or is it another combination within the healthy squad? What do you I think? Don't, I mean, why are you trying to bring Madronda into this? He he didn't earn nothing yet. All right, I, I don't I don't think you're going to take Sanovic's job. So I don't. Yeah, I don't think Seth. I think Seth is playing fantastic. I think there's if Seth's healthy, there's no reason not to start him at left back. Yeah, I do think there's a legitimate, and maybe this is sacrilegious. I do think there's a legitimate discussion to be had as to who gets to start at right back. Oh, Nicholas how dare Hasler you say that on a or Graham Zusi. Um, it's uh, Hasler's played really well these last few games at right back. I think well enough that it should not be an automatic start for Graham Zusi, even if. But hey, he Hasler's gonna miss the next couple games, right? So it's Zusi's turn to take it back. Yeah, he's going to play with the Liechtenstein national team, which I also thought was hilarious when they were talking about that on the broadcast. They were like, most of these dudes aren't professional soccer players. Yeah plumbers or accountants or whoever who got to take vacation to go play with the national team right it reminds so. me of the uh that that usl not usl the uh us open cup team christos fc and they were all like yeah like a liquor store owner and like they were just drinking buddies and they put together right. a soccer team to be in the open cup but i mean that's how iceland is too they're not all professional soccer players really? and they made it what were they in the final of the euros Wow! At least the semifinal. So well, you could be yeah. like, <laughs> could be like the France women's team, which I just heard today that that they are entirely oh one club. They they all play yeah. for like Olympic Lyon or whatever. 
and they also got kicked out of the national team training facility by the men's squad the week before they're about to play in the World Cup in their own country because the men decided they needed to train there before they leave to go to Turkey for a friendly. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> so, so Paul, I just Paul Pogba was... wants what he wants. Yeah, a little ridiculous, Pogba. You got to give give the team who's about to play in a World Cup their training facility in their home country. Like, yeah, a little on, different, a little different, especially when that World Cup starts in like, well, as of this recording, it'll be like a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, let's see here. Uh, Sporting Timio. He says, I get the possession game, but the lack of shots on net is concerning. SKC has more passes going backwards than forwards, or we have 10 passes, then turn the ball over. Do you think the lack of possession in the final third is a problem if they are going to make a playoff run? Um, is that something you noticed? Sure. There hasn't been much in the final third, man. There's no, you know, we're, we're getting outperformed in that area of the field. Yeah. And I think part of that has been there have been so many injuries that there hasn't been any sort of consistent lineup, um, especially in the midfield. Benny's helped stabilize things a bit since Rogers been out, but for a while there, it looked like we had no midfield, so it was just launching long balls from the back line to the front, hoping we got something. So I think that'll self-correct a bit as we get healthier. Um, but yeah, it's a little concerning. I think they gotta they got to figure out a way to, to, to get a little bit more creative. We can't just count on Johnny Russell taking on three people all on his own and, and, and weaving through the box the whole time. So Yeah, it's tough, man. It's super tough. I don't uh I don't know how to fix it. I don't have any uh any tips or hints or anything like that. Um it does suck not having Johnny on the field. You can see a whole new intensity that he brings. Um Shallowy really doesn't have that. You definitely miss Gerso's speed. But hey, we should have Gerso back soon. I mean, he should be available for selection yeah. again soon. Yeah, he had a broken wrist, and obviously it was a bad enough broken wrist they wanted to keep him out for a bit. But yeah, you get to a point where they can just wrap it in a heavy-duty uh, cast, and he should be fine. So I heard he's coming back soon. Hurtado might not be too far off. Um, we're, we're getting back there. Um, yeah. Drake Ewing asked, is four out of nine possible points this week good enough to keep sporting in the race? We already kind of talked about that. I don't think we're out of anything yet. Um, yeah, it feels good. It feels real good. And then Kerry Kaufman said, is there a way to watch or listen to the post-game press conference? Sometimes Sporting will post it and some, or some of it, but often they do not. Um, I am usually in the post-game press conference when it happens at Children's Mercy Park, so I don't listen live, but th- they play it on, on the radio, don't they, usually? Do uh, you know? Not the whole thing. Oh, I mean, okay. I don't know. I, they I usually... just think you need to take a whole recording and we'll just fill a whole podcast <laughs> with it. <laughs> just start putting it at the end of the podcast. Here is the entire post-game press conference. It'd be hilarious um, and probably not okay by their <laughs> point. Um, I think they might have it on the radio, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, the post-game press conference isn't generally that long. Sometimes it's like three minutes. Sometimes it's 15, but usually it's like six, seven. So... Uh, shit and the pregame press conferences like leading up to the game sometimes peter talks for like 25 minutes yeah uh, they're longer if we win they're much shorter if uh if we do not because people are scared well we weren't playing any queen in the locker room the other night that's for sure no or this week yeah um so so let's uh yeah let's let's talk about this because we're 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 pretty 
close to ending the show now because we've we've gone quite a long time. But Friday at Toronto FC. Um, Toronto is not the Toronto of a few years ago, but you know they're they're not terrible. They're not um, terrible. They're a playoff team. Pozuelo, their new Giovinco, he's playing pretty well. Uh-huh. Um, how are you feeling heading to to the Great White North to take it's on rough. Toronto? It's rough. I mean, you like that you get a little time back home before you got to take off, but uh, it'll it'll be another tough game. But we'll just we'll have to see how we bounce back, man. After you know, finally having some time off here. Yeah, we all should just hope that uh, the Raptors continue to win and maybe sweep the Warriors, so that everybody in Toronto gets, just gets drunk and parties uh, and then forgets that they play on Friday. So, there you go. Yeah, who cares about MLS if the Raptors win everything, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, last I checked, the Raptors were winning Game Two at halftime, so I'm just down saying. by two in the third oh. quarter. Damn, I'm <laughs> Kawhi Drake, what are you doing? Pull it. That's what we need to do. We just need to get Drake to show up at the Toronto FC game wearing Toronto gear, so then we win. So that's how it happens. Exactly. Exactly. Curse. He'll be like all on the on the sideline, like chest to chest with the uh, with Johnny Russell, trying to fight him, like he tried to fight Draymond. Johnny so. Russell would cut him. He would cut a Drake. <laughs> it would not. It would not even be close. It would be terrible for Drake. So he'd be like, "Oh, a man named Drake, huh?" Like a man, Drake from Harry Potter. That's where I, <laughs> oh, that's where I come from, Scotland. Anyway, Harry Potter. Shit, I don't know. Note. I've been reading um, Harry Potter again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Uh, that's all I got for our, our, our people this week. I mean, LAFC is well, yeah. continuing to be great and, and stuff. We got to you know, got to talk about Philadelphia Union now. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we gave a shout out to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Hell yeah, man! Chocolate City. There you go. Um. Anyway, if that's all you got, that's all I got. So, uh, I think that's it, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, As always, uh, leave us that five-star rating and review. Follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. Follow Dan at Dan Kuzer. Follow me at JCMax03. Um, Apparently, you're funnier on Twitter than I am when running the podcast uh, Twitter Uh. because uh, (laughs) I put up a GIF and people are like, oh, this clearly means Dan's running it tonight. Uh, (laughs) it was me that was funny let's all, that was let's funny. all calm down a bit um, jimmy can be funny sometimes <laughs> but um he was feeling yeah, it sh- sh- shoot us an email no other pod at gmail.com um other than that tell your family tell your friends listen to the podcast we're one of the top four or five sporting kc podcasts out there so hide your kids hide your wife <laughs> there you go but uh until next time he's dan i'm jimmy we'll catch y'all later see ya Baby Zeus, do 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 do, do. baby Zeus. He's coming for-